Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Tim. And we are the Irreverends. The Irreverends. Welcome to the second Sunday of Advent. Here we are. Right. Second purple or blue, depending on which color you prefer. <laughs> but not yet the rose. Not um, the rose. Stay thou away from the rose. Uh, the rose Sunday is the third Sunday. We're not there yet. And this is also like the super short Advent year because Advent four is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Um, boom, boom. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's, uh, this is just one of the best readings. I love this reading from Isaiah. Love it, love it, love it. Such a great, uh, thing for Advent. Would you like for to read it? For my people. Yep. All right. Oh, God. Yeah. You could either sing the whole thing. Well, nobody wants or to hear me sing all of the Messiah. You know, it's going to be a while that that's the case. So, all right. Isaiah 40 verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her turn, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Here endeth the lesson. Oh, it's so beautiful. So a little historical context. This is the part of Isaiah where um, the people have been in exile. Like 150 years. And they have been yearning and yearning for God. They're in exile. They are in exile. Because, because they have just not just ignored God, but worshiped other gods. And they have just brought such calamity upon themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they are in a foreign land trying to remember who they are, trying to remember God. And then boom, we get this. Yeah. And it's the beginning of what is known as second Isaiah. We've talked about this before. Uh you have basically three sections of Isaiah written at exceptionally different periods of history. First or Proto Isaiah, second or Deutero Isaiah, third and Trito Isaiah. Oh my God, I haven't heard you say those terms in years. It's been a while, oh my God. but here we are again because you know, right? 
three years. Um, maybe that was six years ago. I don't know. Time is becoming immutable. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So. But Advent is a time when we are invited to contemplate time in its many ways. Um, yeah. The beginning of the wait. church year, Jesus coming again, and Jesus being a baby, and so Isaiah, and it's it's Here, sweet baby Jesus. And, oh, so good. Yes, sweet baby Jesus. Okay, go ahead. So this is second Isaiah. Hero, and, second Isaiah. And um and it's a word of comfort. And we're most familiar with this, of course, as we alluded to at the beginning, uh from And Tim refused to say Handel's Messiah. It's a it's a major movement in Handel's Messiah. Well, I love this. This is so like you can hear it. A voice cries out. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You know, people have been in this other land and they have been waiting to come back to Jerusalem. And this oracle comes to them. A voice cries out, inviting you to hear that call. And, and, and make, make straight the pass. It's kind of like how, you know, when you're on highways, in, in our own context, you know, they blasted holes through mountains yeah. so that you don't have to go up over little hills and stuff to level it out. And this is God saying it's time to make the path straight and level for the people to return to the land. And the thing is, is it requires even returning to a place of comfort and home and healing and wholeness and restoration requires not just our participation, not just hearing that voice and following it, but it is hard work. It is a lot of work. You no, know, the that's, valleys, that's what that's what the people are going to discover when they return, right. because everything's been destroyed. The fields have been fallow for years and years and years, and are returning to wilderness. The temple is gone; they have to rebuild it. I mean, there's a lot of work, and in in, in some ways, when you begin to think about where we are socially after the pandemic and last oh in recent years. It's very. It's a very similar thing. I mean, it's not as terrible as having right. been taken into essential slavery for 150 years, but there is this sense that we have moved back into what's supposed to be a normal life, but everything's different. Yeah, and we see a lot of that coming out in the way that people are stressed out and reacting to one another um, in society right now. We just got word today that. This is the well. Well, we've we've already surpassed for this year a higher number of mass shootings than any other oh year God. since two thousand six. You know, there's just this stress that's driving strange, terrible, and horrible behavior um, because we are unsettled as a people. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say one thing about one thing they discovered when they returned was not just that the physical surroundings. So the infrastructure, if you will, had changed. But there were people still there, the remnant. Yeah. And, and, but these were the people that weren't important enough to be taken. That's right. And they've and, and, got expectations. And, yeah. and their sort of the emotional reentry from people who think they can just stride back in and everything will be the same. And then the people who kept everything as alive as they could. Who struggled, honestly. Who str struggled. Right. I mean, they, 
so they were left and, behind. And we're not talking about like the elite, right? Because all the elite were oh, taken. Oh my God, we're taking. You're talking away. about the people who were of the grocery no store clerks, right? Or shepherds, the shepherd, and the, farmers, and villagers, and well, I was I was making an analogy to today. Like we called them not essential, and yet it was the people unloading trucks and keeping the power going and cleaning out hospital rooms. Mm-hmm. They kept us going. And, and still do, honestly, right? Yes. And so part of what we see that is really analogous to this, that that you, I hadn't really thought of, is that trying to re-enter a world where things have changed, our infrastructure, depending on what you think about it, our buildings haven't crumbled, but vast swaths of inner cities are full of office buildings that nobody's in. Right. And, and because of that, there's nobody who are frequenting the restaurants there exactly. that support other people or the That's little right. shops and everything else that where people relied on having that foot traffic. It's all right. You know, the whole, the and, whole system is different. It's different. And so it's, yeah. you get this frustration. And there is darkness and suffering in trying to figure out there are people who want to just go back to the way things are, but you can't go back to the way things are. Right. And, and you're entering back into a world that doesn't even know who it is anymore. And, and, this, and this is true everywhere, including yeah. in everybody's parishes, right? Cause people want it to be as glorious as it was four or five years ago. Yeah. And we're still, we're still figuring out how to move it forward. Well, and, and then we get this, so we we have this beautiful metaphor. The people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field, which means not very constant. You know, yeah. we burst into bloom and then we fade. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. Like, oh, we feel this. But then the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Mm. That's a challenge in this is to recognize that we are fleeting, that our systems that worked before for some and not for others, but but the things we were comfortable with, some of us and not others, just aren't there anymore. And it they faded and withered. But what doesn't wither is the word of our God will stand forever. And trying to find that and hold on to it and follow it when everything around us um, from last week is either scorched and burned <laughs> or this week has dried up. Although there was that beautiful image from Isaiah last week about like the leaves have dried up and blown in the floor, four winds. Mm-hmm. You know, you think tumbleweeds and stuff. Um, it's beautiful. But then there's also this, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. Oh, that's so beautiful. And there's the comfort, right? God, God will hold us. I mean, our mortal lives are short. They are, um, experiencing some of that this week in our family, Mm -hmm. but God still holds. Well, and even in the big scope of things, the human season, like cultures, countries, all those things are still human creations. And they rise and fall. Yeah, and we don't need to be scared of it. It may be hard, but 
hear the voice. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Oh, I love this. And all people shall see it together. Yeah. Uh, That's so beautiful. This is so, it's so beautiful. Um, Let's, let's look at the gospel and see what this does for us this week. Um, uh, Our gospel reading is from the, very beginning of the gospel of Mark. And it's got like a pronouncement at the beginning that starts with the beginning. And so when I read that, if you could see it in writing, you would understand this is almost, this is like an announcement of what it is. And it's kind of interesting. So this is the gospel of Mark chapter one, verses one through eight. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the peoples of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." And here ends the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. So, Mark, boom, boom, boom. The one thing about this is that quote from Isaiah is, of course, hearkening back to the one we just read. Yep. And saying the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness is Jabab or John the Baptizer. So, for people who would have heard this, they would have been like, Whoa, Whoa. God. All these triggers. Yeah, this was real. I mean, y'all, I think it's happening. Well, and we as modern people, I think we focus on this like weird details. He was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt and he ate locusts and wild honey. As as one old priest once commented to me, he was definitely not an aqua velva man. <laughs> he is a, a, a bit of a an oddball. Yeah. And. We, but, but oh, I think what's interesting is telling us what he ate is also just sort of weird and engages this other sense of ours. But to people, people would have seen him and known he was a weirdo. But when they hear him saying, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Wow. They're blown away. They are afraid, excited, blown away because why would this weird guy be the one announcing it. I mean, this is one of those things again, where as modern people, we kind of lose some of the context of this, but this is enormous. And also, by the way, that announcement at the beginning of the gospel of Mark says so much, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, beginning the son of God. Yeah. Uh, A couple of things going there on there, right? Yeah. When you hearken with the beginning, yeah, it should immediately bring Genesis to your mind. Yes. 
the gospel according to John does a very similar thing in the yeah. beginning of the word. And it shows uh, the continuity of the narrative. Yeah. And and claims a re a new beginning. Yeah. Um or a continuing part of the continuity. Like yes. It. It's a continuing beginning. Like yes. it's just beginning. Well, and because God's name, I am becoming what I am becoming, I am what I am, I will be what I will be, implies that idea that uh, a constant new beginning mm -hmm. is not inconsistent. And it's it's just fabulous. And it calls him Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Christ is not Jesus's last name. It is a a word that meant anointed, the anointed one. Anointed in Greek. It's the um, same word in Greek that Messiah means in Hebrew. So this Mark's gospel itself, this first sentence, is an enormous proclamation. And then he doesn't waste any time. It's like, boom, right to yeah. John the Baptist, right, right to like the meat of the things. We don't get yeah. Luke's, you know, birth narrative and Christmas story. We don't get Matthew's genealogy that puts Jesus, you know, in the line. Uh, we get right to business. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's, a great, there's a great meme out there where it like harkens back to the, the movie Mulan, where it has like all, you know, this is what that person, this is what this gospel does. That does what this gospel does. And it's like, Mark, let's get down to business. Yeah. You know? Mark doesn't waste any words. And, and the first line tells you we are in continuity with the Hebrew scriptures. This is a continuing beginning. And it is about Jesus, the anointed, the son of God. And the way you know that is here's John the baptizer in the wilderness the crying out like fulfilling God Isaiah. did to the yeah. people in exile. And the people in exile were called into the wilderness to return home. John the baptizer is out in the wilderness. He is baptizing people, not in the temple. So in some ways, the um, allegation isn't the right word, but the suggestion, the context tells people that there's something about the way things are going in Jerusalem that is a bit like exile. Mm. And you need to come out into the wilderness to find your way home. This it's is a, powerful. It's a good reminder for all of us clergy folk. God's move, God can move in more places than just within the building. What? What? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a reminder for all of us, right? Because because yeah. the real truth is the whole reason we go to the building at all is to gather together, shore each other up, eat a meal to get back out there and continue yeah. the work in the uh, wilderness. And don't so. you find as a priest in the world when people find out what you're doing, you know, you're at Home Depot or wherever and, and I don't know, somehow either you're wearing your collar or something and people find out what you do. And then almost right away, they all apologize for not going to church. <laughs> That's true. Or, or they say, I don't go to church, sorry. Yeah, or yeah, I don't really go to church. You know, as if God can only be, as if God's been captured and pinned down and held captive in church, in which case God has been exiled to church. My and, response is always, well, can I recommend my parish to you? Yeah. And then that tends to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just usually say something like, that's okay. God is everywhere, you know, something like that. So what does this teach us today?
how does this, aside from those of us clergy who need to remember that God isn't only in the church and not to be distracted just by J-Bap with his wacky hair. And actually, it doesn't say anything about his hair, except I just picture it. And like you said, he's not the Aqua Velva man. I mean, he's a, a camel hair pelt. and I just that. figure he's not like you think. He's not the best groomed guy. Oh, no, he probably smells um, terrible. I mean, yeah. aside from hanging out in the river all the time, baptizing people. So maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. but wet camel hair, that can't smell good. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so what, except I also think camel hair coat would be sort of snappy, but I don't think that's the image. Like, how can this sound like good news to us today when we've already heard like, yeah, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, son of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does this light fire in us again? How does this feel fresh and new again to us. Well, I think the big thing is that it is an invitation for us to watch, to be surprised that we going back to everything. Like we, we like routine, you know, we're talking a little bit earlier about how this is similar to the disruption of Babylon in our society right now. We like, we like the routine. We miss the routine. We like the safety of all that. And so we tend to shy away from surprises but sometimes the surprises are good things. You know, I'm struck by when you told me you had read, we, we've now had more mass shootings this year than any other year since 2008. None of us are surprised anymore by shootings. No. We're not surprised by not. war. I think that shows about something that's happened within us. I think that we just aren't surprised anymore by bad news because it's just everywhere. I'm not surprised anymore by sort of our crumbling institutions or the ways in which our sort of basic foundations are in jeopardy. And that makes me sad because. Yeah. That, it's hard to be, it's hard to to think about the fact that we're all becoming more cynical. Yeah. As well, I think that's part of the Valley I need to fill back up or the mountain mm. I need to bring back down. Right. All right. Get when to blast. Where was the dynamite? Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Um, when you say we need to be open to being surprised, I go back to something I was really just awakened to from Walter Brueggemann's book, The Prophetic Imagination, that we as a as modern people tend to not exercise much imagination, or we or we exercise small imagination because people who are idealistic are looked at as foolish and there's almost yeah. nothing we'd rather not be than thought of as naive and foolish. We want to be modern, sophisticated people and modern. It's more foolish than wrapping yourself up in camel hair and hanging out yeah. in the desert, hoping people will come to you that you can baptize them. Well, we would, we would prefer to be the, the image <laughs> I just sort of cast of John the baptizer as wearing a camel's hair coat and like, nice shoes and sunglasses and his hair slicked back and he's eating organic uh, whole foods from the land. You know, we, I mean, he is, I mean, it's locusts, but yeah, Ugh. it is a whole high food. protein, high protein. Um, but we, we don't want to be considered naive and idealistic. And therefore we, we don't even look for positive surprises. We, we, well, no, and and like the algorithms of all of our social media feed us everybody's follies, right? You know, and tragedies. Yeah, that's that's what sells. 
you know, in fact, maybe one of the reasons that Christmas has become so obsessed with gifts is because it's one of the few contexts within which we are truly surprised. Well, and we and we applaud it. We encourage it yeah. to be surprised and delighted or proposals. And we've now extended proposals to include promposals like and oh, yeah. and then my um Older son got engaged, and now you have to, when you ask your bridesmaids and groomsmen, that's sort of its own little proposal. And it's just, there's so, there's very few contexts within which our culture approves of and encourages positive surprise and delight. And then, granted, we, we blow those up, right, until they get completely out of hand. Modified and contractual. And, oh, my God, baby gender reveals. Another place where people used to be able to be surprised and now they, they become their own genre of YouTube videos. Um, And maybe it's because we're yearning for something that is precious and innocent and delighted. And, and we, we allow ourselves so little of it because you make yourself vulnerable so how do we find that in our in our lives then in a way that's not meant to increase your social media right. you know, followers and everything else? Where do we Well, I go back to this passage in Isaiah in the wilderness, so you find it in the wilderness. Hmm. Right? Which could be nature, but it means I think pulling yourself out of the mainstream. Yeah. Prepare the way of the Lord. So it takes some inner work. And it so, also takes getting out of your, your yeah, bubble, your right? The wilderness. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you know, the other thing, like wilderness is not necessarily, we, we, we always think about the word wilderness as a dangerous place. Right. But I'm thinking, um, I read an interview with um, a native American actor who was basically saying, you know, it was never the wilderness before the Europeans came. It was just the land. Oh. Huh. And, you know, there's something about that, right? Because because we are so focused on the safety of cities and communities and mm-hmm. everything else. And everything else is outside and bad. So rather than thinking about it that way, can we think of the wilderness as an inviting place, the land? Because in the end, one of the aspects of our faith is that we are all built from dirt, right? From the land. Well, so we'll return in the to it. wilderness as a word, I don't I don't remember right now what the Hebrew word was. I don't think it was Haaretz, which means the land. No. I think it was wilderness was its own word. Midbar is the Hebrew the, word. But wilderness was a place meant to be outside of Pharaoh's control, outside of Egypt. But and it was a place that had some risk, you know, there was not a lot of water, there were wild animals, snakes, but God was at work there creating a people. And I think you're absolutely right. As modern Americans, we think of the wilderness, you know, with wild animals and, you know, all kinds of dangers that can befall us. God um, is at work there. And so... And, and I guess back to something you were talking about a little bit earlier where, you know, we've lost some of the magic. And yeah. to be imaginative. And yeah. open ourselves to positive magic, positive mystery, instead of just stealing, making ourselves 
more and more cynical to protect ourselves from the pain of war and violence and all that. Yeah. So let's do Electio. I think it's my turn to pick. Here I go. It's from Isaiah. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And one more time. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What sparkles up for you? That the glory of the Lord is experiential. Hmm. Like what's the glory of the Lord except if it is witnessed? Oh. In its way, right? Um. You're not saying if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, does it? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to quote George Barclay on that today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's the first one to say it. By the way, he was a priest here in my current parish. Of really? Newport, Newport. Oh my yeah. god! But that that has its own history. That's not right. entirely uncomplicated. Um, but yeah, so. And the people don't get God's glory revealed very often. Or maybe they know? just don't see it. Oh, maybe they're so stuck in the cynicism that they can't experience uh, the wilderness. And all people shall see it together. So maybe this is just an opportunity in its way for us to all take a moment, appreciate, appreciate the beauty of creation, the land, the wilderness, and experience God's glory. Wow. And, and, you know, I didn't even think of it when I picked this, but this is like us saying, be open to delightful surprise and mystery that. Like any Mary Oliver poem. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, everything sucks, but have you ever thought about mold? Right. Or the (laughs) wonderful one about the grasshopper that lands on her. And oh yeah. What are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? Yeah. So, so, what hit me was first, even when I when I read it, and all people shall see it together. That's profound. It is. Because, Especially in a time where we're all yeah, boundaries. We're all dividing ourselves up. And this is a sign that this is where we are going home being called back from exile because we will all see it together. It's home is all of us together. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but then we get the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So it's not just that we're seeing it. It's that we're hearing it and it engages our whole selves mm. out in the wilderness. Eyes and ears. Yeah. It's really powerful. We are invited in this season. What do you think the glory of the Lord smells like? Probably not camel hair. Honey. (laughs) Ooh, honey. I like that. Um, I think there is something profoundly moving for us during Advent to be open to Mm. surprise in a very positive way and delight. And what that is, is the glory of the Lord. And 
it's and we want we yearn for a time when all people shall see it together like it what's uh, your prayer i think for all weirdos my blessing <laughs> <laughs> is for all people who feel like weirdos in their place you know yeah. um they don't look like what people think they should look like or they don't eat what people eat or they don't dress the way people think but they are being fully and truly themselves that my blessing for them is that they see themselves in this narrative as mm. just essential to some way in which God's glory is being revealed no, what's I yours I'm going to quote I'm going to quote pull right off of yours I, I pray that people can find the uniqueness of the experience of themselves that God sees in them and just let that flag fly. Mm, I love that. Take this is moment. not yeah. where I would have imagined we would have gone, but no, I, I didn't think this is where we we're going to go at all, but I would different. call this a delightful surprise. Yes. Thank um, you for She's smart. Yeah. We'll see the way in which um, just as a little editorial aside, the spiritual practice of Lectio Divina can so taking just a little piece of the scripture and digging into it a bit with someone else letting it reveal something new to you um we wouldn't have thought this was where we were going but we were yeah. and how fun so thanks for this tim yay thank you jenny and i'm glad you're good, feeling better good we missed thing you going week. into yeah thanks sorry it was mm -hmm. not well it wasn't covid but it was something very like it so. yeah well, I'm glad you're better. And um, everybody, take your vitamin C or get your flu shots, all the things, as we head into winter. Amen. And we invite you to like us on Apple Podcasts. We had a review that I forgot to mention a few weeks ago from SMTDC um, that said we were a podcast full of God's love. Thank you so much for that. And if mm -hmm. you go to Apple Podcasts and look for The Irreverence, we'll put a link in our show notes, and rate us, you can help other people find us. So please do that. And help us all be weirdos. Yeah, be weirdos with us. Yay. Yay. So happy Advent, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. God bless. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>